Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the New York Historical Society. I'm Louise Mirror, New York Historical's president and CEO, and I am really thrilled to see so many of you in our beautiful Robert H. Smith Auditorium this evening. I want to make sure that those of you who have not yet seen our featured exhibition, Chinese American Exclusion, Inclusion, uh, come back during regular museum hours to see it. It's a terrific, um, really interesting, moving, and provocative show. Also on view now is uh, a great uh, exhibition of photographs by Annie Leibovitz, not, um, not what you'd expect at all, but images of American iconic places and things. And we are opening this Friday another exhibition of photographs um, by Stephen Summerstein, who traveled uh, as a city college student in 1965 to Selma and photographed ordinary and extraordinary people along the way. It's a terrific show, and I'm sure you will want to return to see it. Um, tonight's program, The White House, Hillary Clinton, is a part of the Bernard and Irene Schwartz Distinguished Speaker Series. And as always, I would like to thank Mr. Schwartz for his generous support, which has enabled us to bring so many fine historians and writers to this auditorium. I also want to thank and recognize Mr. Richard Reese, who's in attendance this evening with his wife, Bonnie. Uh, Rick is the vice president of our board, vice chair of our board, I should say. And um, he and Bonnie have sponsored a fabulous new uh, series on history and the Constitution and law, which uh, I know you'll be returning for in the spring. Tonight's program will last about an hour, and it will include a question and answer session. We'll ask that you, as always, line up uh, in back of standing microphones to my left and to my right in the aisles. We ask that you do that so that the speakers on the stage can hear your question, the audience members can hear your question, and uh, those, uh, those people who listen remotely to, uh, to our programs can also hear your question. We're thrilled to... Welcome back to the New York Historical Society, Jonathan Alter. Mr. Alter is an award-winning author and reporter who spent 28 years at Newsweek, where he was longtime senior editor and columnist. In addition, Mr. Alter has been an analyst and contributing correspondent for NBC News and MSNBC since 1996. Over the course of his remarkable career, He's covered numerous presidential elections and interviewed various American presidents and world leaders. He's the author of many critically acclaimed books, including The Promise, President Obama, Year One, and his most recent title, The Center Holds, Obama and His Enemies. We are also very pleased to welcome to this auditorium Carl Svarasa, I'm not going to bungle your name, Svarasa Anthony, the National First Lady's library historian. He's considered to be the nation's expert on the political and social power of presidential wives and families, and he is the author of over 10 books on the First Ladies. He's conducted numerous interviews with First Ladies, including his role as moderator for C-SPAN's 1994 evening with the First Ladies, in which he spoke with Hillary Clinton, Nancy Reagan, Barbara Bush, and Rosalind Carter. Also joining us this evening is Sean Wilentz, who is the George Henry Davis 1886 Professor of American History at Princeton University. Professor Wilentz is a longtime contributor to the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, and many other major newspapers and periodicals. He's also the author of numerous books, including the Pulitzer Prize finalist, The Rise of American Democracy, Jefferson to Lincoln. We are very lucky to have him with us this year in residence as the Leah and Michael Weisberg Fellow at the New York Historical Society. Our moderator for this evening is Kati Martin. Ms. Martin has combined a career as an award-winning reporter and writer with human rights advocacy. From 2003 to 2008, she chaired the International Women's Health Coalition, and since 1980, she's published eight books, including the best-selling hidden power presidential marriages that shaped our history. Her family memoir, en Enemies of the People, is being adapted into a movie to be directed by the girl with the dragon tattoos, Niels Arden Oplev. 
As always, before we begin our program, I'd like to ask you to make sure that anything that makes a sound like a cell phone is switched off. And now, please do join me in welcoming our guests to the stage. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's such a pleasure to be back in this wonderful forum and, um, and to have three such distinguished panelists to discuss a subject that I think is of more than mild interest <laughs> in this room. So, um, so our topic this evening is Hillary Rodham Clinton and the White House. And um, I think, Sean, John, and Carl, that we're working under the assumption that although no formal announcement has been made, that, uh, that this is a done, a done deal. And, um, and indeed, it's, um, it's a deal that, um, that Hillary Rodham Clinton has uh, prepared for, for a very long time. I think rarely have we ever had a candidate more prepared for the role in so many areas. For the sake of full disclosure, I will disclose that um, that I have a, a personal relationship with Hillary, but I will maintain uh, absolute decorum as moderator. And but, <laughs> but my husband uh, was her advisor and was in um, in uh, President Clinton's uh, cabinet as ambassador to the United Nations. So, gentlemen, um, does she have? Uh, that first-class temperament that the presidency requires. Sean. Sure. OK, explain. <laughs> no hesitation on that. She also has a first-class mind, which is the second part of the, of the equation, not just a second-class yes. mind. You know the reference to the first-class temperament, which was in reference to FDR. Right. Um, class I mean, look, I, I think that it comes, it's come across most clearly when, during her period as Secretary of State, um, where her temperament was one of, of, of calm in, in crisis. And um, above all these days, I think that's one of the things that's required um, of any President of the United States is calm in crisis. That's not inaction. It's not passivity. It's, it's understanding a situation, taking a situation in, and then calculating and acting appropriately. So I, I, yeah, I think she's, she's got the temperament for it. John? Uh, I uh, think it's still an open question, and I'm, I'm an admirer of Hillary Clinton in many respects. I think she does have a first-class intellect, uh, unlike FDR, you right. know, the description of him. Um, the story comes from uh, uh, the 92nd birthday of Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., a few days after Roosevelt was sworn in as president in 1933, and Roosevelt went over to uh, the justice's home to drink some bootleg champagne, right. which would be a little bit like Obama going <laughs> over to a justice's home, you know, to uh, smoke a little weed. Um, medical, medical marijuana, right. But um, when he left, uh, when Roosevelt left, Justice Holmes said, second-class intellect, first-class temperament. There are actually some historians who believe that he was talking about Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> Uh, but, um, but the, you know, the question of temperament, as the great um, political scientist, uh, the late Richard Neustadt said, is temperament is the great separator. You can have all the right experience, you can uh, be smart, but um, what separates the great presidents from the merely good or mediocre presidents is temperament. It's a very complex uh, quality, a very elusive quality, a little bit the way the uh, Supreme Court, you know, defined pornography. You know it when you see it. And so I, um, I, I thought that President Obama had a first-class temperament as well as a first-class intellect when he was elected. And I now think that he has, you know, maybe a second-class temperament, that uh, being calm in a crisis is not enough, that there's a sort of a public temperament. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that is very important. Mm -hmm. And the answer with Hillary is that it's too soon to know, even though we're very familiar with her. The pressures of the presidency are such that it's too soon to know what kind of temperament, public temperament, she would have in office. Carl, um, she, she's, she's often compared more to, um, 
to President Obama um, in, and contrasted with, with her husband. Um, the point being that, um, that, that she is more like Obama in, in that she's, she's very much uh, an analytical, uh, hers is an analytical mind, and, um, and as has been, already been pointed out, uh, a, a first-class intellect. But the, what John alludes to in, in terms of having that uh, magic something, which is so hard to, uh, to quantify, which, which her husband had, does she have that? I think she has it at times. I think she's displayed it at times. I would say uh, I'd have to reach back a bit, not too Go far on. back, okay. um, in really finding a figure, a president, whose um, sort of even-handedness, but perhaps lack of fireworks, uh, maybe even a, not always a, a need or perhaps a, unwisely and not a desire to, to blow her own horn as much as get things sort of done. Somebody she admires that I, I remember her talking a lot about was Eisenhower. Um, and sort of, a, a sort of hmm. talking a lot about, for example, uh, an example she, she uh, mentioned was how uh, Eisenhower had no problem with uh, uh, the Kennedy uh, administration, the Justice Department, getting credit for a lot of civil rights, but it was Eisenhower who appointed a lot of the moderate Republicans mm -hmm. who were in place um, in the South, uh, circuit court judges. And, and, and so that, but, but I also see her eight years as First Lady, in fact, um, uh, as being more uh, instructive to us now about what she would be like as a president. Uh, not that the years of Secretary of State weren't, but um, you know, when I look at how she handled health care and how she mm. sort of dealt with that and mm -hmm. said, this is, of course, a huge uh, crush, but I will learn from this. And then she went on the next mm -hmm. year to give those four speeches mm -hmm. in Beijing on human rights. Um, how during the president's impeachment crisis, she during the worst kind of uh, mm -hmm. and humiliating kind of personal storm, still kept her eyes on the most sweeping adoption reform legislation that she was working with Tom DeLay on mm -hmm. and getting passed and not letting that distract her. So I see some of those, that first class temperament, that ability to keep one's eye on the big picture and put whatever's going on personally aside for the moment um, um, I, th I think she has that ability. I think it probably hit what I was trying to say, which is that the word I think of is, per is perseverance. Mm -hmm. and, and, and calm meaning taking bad blows and yeah. dealing with them and then moving on. And she has done that again and again. I think of the 2008 campaign even. I mean, she, she was sidelined by, yeah. by that campaign. Yeah. And yet, after Iowa, she campaigned. She did, she did much better. She picked herself up. And that's really a, a hallmark of her, of her career. And, I can only think of two instances where, where she kind of lost it. And, and one was in New Hampshire. Yes. Um, when um, the famous scene where, where uh, somebody expressed um, sympathy and she, uh, her eyes filled and, and, and she, uh, she allowed us how, yes, it was tough. That helped her and, immensely. It helped. And that helped. Yeah, I was going to say that and was a good the, thing. And then the second time uh, was um, was when when she was being uh, hammered um, by um, uh, during the Senate hearings on Benghazi. Yeah. And and she just kind of threw her hands up, and um, and 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 basically I think won the won the audience that time too because it was. It was such a, sh uh, a, a human reaction, and I think everybody else was feeling by then that this was uh, that this was a witch hunt. And, and, the, and, let's, and the first let's time she, she get did, on with it. The first time she did that was the '92 the New York primaries when she said, "Well, I guess I could have stayed home and baked cookies, but I decided yeah. to pursue my professional career." That was journey. Yeah. Not a good, not <laughs> that a good was move. a bad move. That was a gaffe. No. Yeah, but, that yeah. that was that was I think one of her. Most notable gaps. Whereas I don't think the 
I, I think the, these, these two shows of, of emotion and humanity have really helped. And, and I, for one, would like to see more of that. Mm -hmm. John? Yeah, I, I think so, too. Her resilience is clearly one of her great qualities and an important quality for a president. <clears throat> the temperament thing gets very complicated for two reasons. Uh, it's, it's complicated enough when it's a male, but we don't really have any real template no. for what a first-class mm -hmm. female temperament is like in high office. And so she's inventing it as she goes along, and it, it is, I think, more than race, it is, it is different. You know, that, right. that the temperament uh, of, a, of a woman and how that connects and the chemistry of that with the American public is, yeah, is just that, different. You raise and, such you know, a... So when, with Roosevelt, like, they compared meeting him to opening a bottle of champagne. Yes. He just made it you is. feel better. Mm -hmm. He made you feel better. And that optimism, that, that quality that Reagan also had um, that made people or certain people feel better. Uh, we don't really know whether Hillary is, has, has that quality. Uh, she's never held an executive position. She's been in the Senate and, and in the cabinet. But uh, she has so if she'd been broken. governor, we would, have, we would have had a better idea mm -hmm. of uh, what she would be like. But she has broken uh, so many barriers and rewritten so many templates. Um, and, and she has been our longest running public performer. I can't, I can't think of anyone else who, who has sustained um, this level of, of um, public scrutiny. Is there, is so, there anything? Yes, I was just going to say, ahead. the one thing that I think she really has that is partly a temperament question is she has what in the military they call the habit of command. Hmm. And where when she comes in, whether it was when she was uh, you know, just out of law school and she went to Arkansas to take control of Bill Clinton's uh, unsuccessful congressional campaign in 1974, and she just came in and took charge. Uh, or uh, one of the reasons she is uh, greatly respected in the military and among a lot of her colleagues is that she, she knows how to take charge of a situation. I remember I first saw it in, in 1992 uh, when uh, Bill Clinton was, you know, under pressure for having dodged the draft and, and, and you know, tried to get into the National Guard and, and then the, the uh, Jennifer Flowers business. And I remember um, being backstage at a, uh, an event um, that Clinton was, was uh, uh, taking part in. It was a television interview right in the heat of the New Hampshire campaign. And my, I can't remember the specifics, but I just remember Hillary Clinton was totally in charge. Yes. And she was going to, you know, take yeah. control of the situation, which was even worse with Lewinsky later on. But right. yeah. in both cases, right. she, she just put the personal stuff aside, took charge of her husband's career, rescued him, pulled him up, yeah. and figured out what needed to be done. So she was barking orders, and not yeah. in an unfriendly way, but in a commanding way, you know, barking orders to staff yes. people, Here, here's what needs to happen. Yes. And, and that's a lot of what a president... You, and, you've and, raised uh, uh, several important points um, that, and, and um, uh, time is short. Um, first of all, let's spend a few minutes with the, um, the Bubba, Bill Clinton. Um, of course, an enormous factor in all of this. And, and, and yet again, the Clintons uh, are on the brink of making history. If she's elected, we have our first first gentleman, which will be um, an interesting topic for us to write about. Um, but um, in the 2008 campaign, uh, Bill Clinton's role was uh, was a, was at best a mixed bag. Um, what can we expect in the 2016 campaign? Well, Carl? I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that. There's, it's really fascinating, the idea of not just potentially the first woman president, but the first former yeah. president's wife as a president, because I think that actually would help. The visual familiarity mm -hmm. of them as a team, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're, you, you, know, uh, you can't underestimate 
that familiarity of seeing them mm -hmm. together. And there have been many a time when she was at the podium while he was president and, and he was standing behind her. I think, um, and I think you, it, could, it could also be said, a lot of people would say that during the 1992 campaign, mm -hmm. although uh, she, uh, certainly a lot of people voted for him because of her, uh, gen with, the, with the, the general population, it's not a clear cut that she was an asset per se during the 92 campaign. Um, so, you know, yeah. there were a couple of things where the so opposition... So again, again, the Clintons are, are about to make history. Um, Sean, do we uh, expect to see a different Bill Clinton by her side this time around? Insofar as the world is different, sure. I mean, it's a different campaign. Campaigns it is. have dynamics. Okay, explain how it's... Well, I mean, in 2008, um, you know, the, the, the Obama campaign came out of nowhere. And so there was a lot of, inside the, the Clinton campaign, a lot of scurrying and trying to figure out what to do. And I, I'm yes. sure that Bill was part of all of it. But, you know, President Clinton was part of all that. But now it's, it's eight years later. Mm. He is, by all measurements I've seen, the most admired man in the in world. In the world. Um, he comes with that. Mm -hmm. And he spent a lot of time in the, in the foundation world, which is mm -hmm. different from politics. It's, it requires a different temperament in some ways, mm -hmm. but a different, a different way of approaching things. I think that those eight years have seasoned everybody around that. But he, he brings to the, bring to the campaign that aura, which wasn't yes. quite there in 2008. So it would be different. But mostly the campaign's going to be different, so we're going to see. I mean, we don't know. We're going to have to see. Yeah, in John. 2008, he was rusty. His political uh, skills um, betrayed him, and he said some really stupid things that hurt the campaign. Uh, I think he's disciplined enough to avoid that uh, this time, and it'll be more like a what they ran on in 1992, uh, two for the price of one. Mm -hmm. And it will be comforting to certain voters mm -hmm. to know yeah. That uh, you know, if uh, the country runs into tough times, that he's in the picture. He's in the picture, yeah. and that, he, by the way, he yeah. was president during uh, the biggest boom times uh, right. since uh, right yeah. after World and War II. And what about Obama's lack of uh, Obama's low poll numbers? Is that a, a a plus for Hillary, or is that a negative? She was part of his. Some of it again depends on what happens. I mean, if mm -hmm. the economy gets better. Mm -hmm. If it keeps getting, getting better, um, that's going to be a good thing to be having Obama around. I also think, though, the voters distinguish between the two of them. I mean, she's not Martin Van Buren, right? <laughs> I think we can agree on that. She's going to be distinct in a way that other vice presidents coming out were not, and, right. or other, other you know, former cabinet members right. were not. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that's pretty clear. So I don't think that, it, that, that the president can hurt her particularly. I think that the economy... As a as a as a comment on on his presidency could help him could help it, her. It's it's so interesting how their fates are bound up with each other. You know these two mm -hmm. candidates who who wrestled uh, so intensely in two thousand eight. He needs her. To, Obama and Obama, yeah. Obama needs Hillary to win to complete his legacy. Absolutely, it's mm -hmm. extraordinarily yeah. important to him. I think that's why he yeah. did that sixty minutes yeah. interview with her yeah. when she left uh, the Secretary of State job, which was unprecedented. Yeah, and and he really needs that, and she needs him to be successful in the last two years. Yeah. If if the economy were to tank or there were to be some huge foreign policy mistake, that would be hung around her neck no matter what happens. Um, so uh, he also is. Um, the greatest uh, vote getter in 60 years. He's the only president since Eisenhower, the only Democrat since FDR, who won uh, an absolute majority uh, both times. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, they, a part of that is because of the third party candidates, but, you know, he. There is an Obama coalition, which he assembled twice, and which she very much needs in order to be elected. Will they come out for Hillary Clinton, the Obama, the hardcore Obama people? Um, I, I think Hillary has always been, um, and the Clintons have been popular with black voters. I think they will come out. Um, there's going to be a battle to drive up Hispanic turnout. A lot of it is a mm -hmm. turnout mm -hmm. question. Uh, and they, you know, they need, and, and a lot of that will depend on the, on the, uh, the way the immigration debate plays out. As far as young people go, mm. that's the big question mark. Uh, Obama did extraordinarily well with young people who came out in, 
in the general in the uh, presidential elections, but not in the midterms, especially this last time. Hillary might seem pretty twentieth century to some of yeah. the young people, except except, except for yeah. young women. Exactly. I think for, right. for young women, this is such a historic yeah. opportunity. And they have none of the historic baggage that you, you guys have been alluding to, yeah. the White House years. I mean, I, I just know, listening to my daughter and her friends, that they are ready to go to work today for Hillary. So it's, will she make more of the fact that she is that she is possibly the first woman in the White House than <clears throat> she did in 2008, where she didn't actually highlight that? As much as she you know, might I, don't, have I, I really don't think she, she needs to. I think if she were to do that mm. rather than focusing on the issues, I mean, it's, it, it's obvious. The other thing, though, is, of course, as we're talking, sitting here in January mm -hmm. of 2015, is, as we know, how rapidly and suddenly the world changes. I mean, when you think about the fact that in uh, less than a year, uh, the presidential election was decided by the Supreme Court and then the World Trade Center and the Pentagon were attacked. I mean, the world changes rapidly. And um, uh, first of all, we have to be sure, of course, is she going to run? But second of all, are, you know, there is some discussion of, of some challenges. Uh, you know, there's some discussion of Martin O'Malley. And even though nobody mm. at the moment looks mm. like they can mount um, a credible uh, uh, campaign against her, they, for the way the media may focus, will raise issues and perhaps uh, provide a voice that might suggest an appeal. But maybe that's not a bad thing. This front, there, there, there's, there's peril in being the front runner without, without anybody who is even nearer. I mean, right now her numbers are, she's got some 60% to, to Biden's 10 and to Elizabeth Warren's 12. There's two ways of looking at that, though, Cotty, because yeah. it's, we're not used to seeing parties coalesce around a candidate early in a campaign, but it's happened before. And back in the 19th century, it happened all the time. And, and, and we may be some, seeing something mm -hmm. that's, that's just different. It's not in our experience. We're used to seeing lots of primary battles and all the rest of it. It's entirely possible. I'm not saying it will happen, but it's entirely possible that the party, the, and, and, and when I say the party, I don't just mean the voters, but I mean the machinery, the people out there, the people yeah. who run the caucuses and all the rest of it. If there's a coalescence around her, that'll, I, think, I don't think that's a bad thing, necessarily. I think it could be a I good mean, thing. I, I think she'll win the nomination, but I, she will be challenged. Just in modern American politics, it's... Who do you see challenging? You know, uh, well, Bernie Sanders might run. Uh, Jim Webb uh, might run, who you know is a war hero and very interesting, a little um, awkward of a candidate. Uh, Martin O'Malley might run, but somebody will emerge, and and if they don't, it it allows a lot of opportunity for mischief making by the press because. You've got these right. 10,000 reporters. They all want a story. They need a story. And I never underestimate the mischief-making yeah. possibilities of your profession. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. true. So true. But I, also, just very quickly, I, um, I agree with everything you just said, except that on the, on the issue of women, I think in order to make herself seem new, and in part because she failed to do enough of it in, in 2008, I think she will talk very explicitly about uh, being a woman and, and what that means, and, and that she won't just leave it to people's you know, knowledge. That I mean, do you think that she'll speak about her own, perhaps, experiences or... or, or yes. History, uh, yes. Yeah. And, it will yeah, the, and the historic quality of it, she yes. will, will Is emphasize. that she missed the last she time. She missed it the last and, time. And her historic opportunity was trumped by Barack Obama's historic mm -hmm. opportunity. Yeah. It was really just an extraordinary collision of two moments of history. And, and of course, uh, we elected the first African-American. And it makes her seem new. That's the thing. Yes. That's her big challenge. Yes. Plus, she's a new she grandmother. Is, she's a little bit, you know, she'll Those be older voters. Right? She'll be a little old. A lot, a lot of be a little old. She's at a risk of seeming too 20th mm -hmm. century. But being a woman makes her seem new, and America likes new. That's right. Yes. So what is the worst thing that can be thrown at her? We've, we've agreed that, that, that no contemporary political figure has been so scrutinized as Hillary Rodham Clinton. But So what, what remains to be, what, what could possibly where the make her is, lose her balance. Where the money is coming from. I mean, where we were just talking, I mean, the, the, the obscene amounts of money that need to be raised mm -hmm. more and more and more. And uh, last time, there was some 
trouble with the, it was, I think, a Chinese-American uh, uh, mm -hmm. bundler in, in California who ended up eventually in prison. It wasn't a big story, but, you know, she also didn't go on, she didn't win the nomination. I, I think that's always a potential problem, is, is where, where is the mm -hmm. money coming from? Well, that's not an issue that Republicans will raise. No, <laughs> presumably no, not. <laughs> no, but it but doesn't press, take the Republicans. Yeah. I, I really agree with that. She's been a little tone deaf on some of those things. You know, she gave speeches to Goldman Sachs. I think that'll be an issue. She's still giving uh, paid speeches. And there is a populist element in the Democratic Party that is growing. Uh, and she's going to need mm -hmm. to respond to it. And the way she responds to that, I think, will be the big question about her. Her first outing on that was not encouraging. For, for her supporters. Um, she, uh, she said at one point she was trying to show that you know, she wasn't uh, too close to Wall Street, and she said, businesses don't create jobs. Mm. It was a gaffe. It was a little similar to Obama's gaffe uh, in 2012 uh, when he said, you didn't build that. But the difference was, and this was, this was uh, something that uh, might indicate some, some challenges ahead, Obama kind of said it when he was talking fast, and he, you know, he made a, he made a gaffe. When Hillary said it, she was speaking very slowly, mm. and I, if you watch it on YouTube, it's really disturbing because her mind should have said, "What are you saying?" Mm -hmm. You know, and it was almost like she was overcompensating for the fact that she knows she needs to move left and mm -hmm. not be seen as... So who would but be I, her... I want to disagree, though, a little bit with John on, on the populist question, because I think that was a speech and that was a gaffe and that was too bad, although she tried to recover. Only we are gaffe-proof. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> as I'm going to show you right now. <laughs> um, she gave a speech at the end of the year. Um, she got an award from the Kennedys, from the, 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 the Ripple of Hope Award. And that was, I think, coming after Ferguson and all of that stuff, where she was really out online. And she, she gave a speech that had that crowd pretty up. And I was watching them rather than her. And she addressed the Ferguson stuff. This is before the things that have happened afterwards. She addressed, she said, we should not have a government where you know, a, a, um, a banker can get away scot-free and, and a middle-class person has to struggle to get through to the next day. She was talking about those kinds yeah. of issues. And I think if she addresses those issues, the 1% stuff, you can, the press can come down on her for that because she's in the 1%, let's face it. And, and if you, you say that she, the 1% can't represent anyone else, Franklin D. Roosevelt being right. a, you know, the opposite yeah. example. But my point is only that she, she, she does have to find her voice on those issues. But I, I could hear her doing it in that speech in a way that was persuasive. And she's conscious of it. She knows Absolutely. she has to do it. Absolutely. So who would be her dream candidate to run against on the other side? Ted Cruz. <laughs> um, I, I like Rand Paul. And since Michelle Bachman has left the um, field. <laughs> um, um, uh, well, that's another matter. Um, uh -huh. Um, but no, I mean, right. the Republican Party is, 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 you know, they talk about the, the clown car of the Republican primaries, right? They all come out and, you know. Rick Perry's back. Well, yeah, right. I mean, there, there, there are lots of people out there who, with very strong, powerful, mm -hmm. um, ideological convictions. And I think that she runs much stronger against someone like that, or it would be a potential. If they were to nominate someone like that, mm -hmm. then I think she would see she'd have the opportunity to actually do something that hasn't been done in American politics in a very long time, which is. A real, which is a 64 campaign. I mean, the Republicans are crazy enough to, 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 to nominate an ideologue like that. Then something gets... A Barry Goldwater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then things begin to look very, very different. Um, I, I don't personally think they're going yeah. to do that. No. But, but yeah. you know, I, that's, I cannot, that's, I cannot I'm imagine. Your question. Because Hillary in a debate, uh, she would just have them for breakfast. I mean, with, with her range of experiences, we, we haven't touched on, on, she was our senator after all, and she was a very good one. And, um, and well, uh, having- Don't having, be so sure about the debates, because they're very, very hard to predict. I mean, remember yeah. Obama and the De Denver debate, and, and I, I do- You won't lose to Mitt Romney in the first debate, I would predict. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, Yes, but, you know, and she did beat Obama most of the time yeah. in 2008. But, um, you know, Ted Cruz, for instance, and I don't think he's going to be elected, but he was one, it's, yeah, this is from professors at Harvard Law School, mm -hmm. he was one of the brightest students yeah. who ever went through Harvard Law School. I think there's so a... what happened? And a Princeton I undergraduate, I might add. Yeah, right. I think there's a tendency, because he's so nuts, to, you know, just <laughs> say he's not smart. That's 
not true. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and in a debate, I think he would he could be effective. And Rand Paul also has some political chops and is not to be underestimated. And the 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 history of the too many to count presidential campaigns I've covered over the last thirty five years is is uh, be careful what you wish for. I think also, mm. um, uh, you know, it, it really would be weird, but kind of interesting if, mm. it, if there was another Bush-Clinton uh, 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 challenge because there's sort of, at this point, what the two of them have been through, mm. you know, in terms of really seeing and understanding things. The fact also that the families are somewhat close. They are in that sort the of... The elders. Uh, yeah, 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 and Bill Clinton. And, you know, they're, they're, it, it might actually create this sort of vacuum where there is a little bit more civility in the debate. And maybe, maybe, mm -hmm. as ridiculous as this may sound right now, maybe, maybe there would be an opportunity to focus on more substance and and and, and less of some mm. sort of the you know the distractionary uh, uh, stuff that. Makes but what sense. an astonishing thing to have these two dynasties yeah. pitted against each so other. So I you know I wish I agreed with that. I mean part of me thinks maybe <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe they can have a high tone debate. But I just remember yeah. the campaign that yeah. that Bush ran in 1988. Uh, mm. against Michael yeah. Dukakis. And, you know, mm. Maureen Dowd mm. called them the Wasp Corleones. Yeah. And that was one of the nastiest. Yeah. Well, yeah. the campaign that George W. ran against John McCain in South Carolina, which was yes. pretty down yeah, dirty. Yeah. Primary, yeah. Which is yeah. played dirty, actually. Yeah. I, yeah. Little, little known I, yeah, fact, I, I, I because was, he always writes a thank you note <coughs> afterwards. Yeah, I went right. into the, uh, I was, happened to be in McCain's hotel room when they got the returns in South Carolina. and. Uh, his, his wife said, how can people do this kind of thing? Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was really low. So let's fast so, forward. So that, but also, the other pro problem I have, mm -hmm. just as an American with a Bush-Clinton campaign, yeah. is it just feels too much like a banana republic. <laughs> we, we just, that's Bar not supposed yeah. to be Barbara Bush the herself said, yeah. Barbara yeah. Bush yeah. herself Bush, said, yeah. there's a lot more families but, that yeah. uh, people could be picking. But yeah. thinking yeah. about the Bushes, yeah. though, I mean, yeah. people talk about Clinton fatigue, which I always thought is a, was made up during the, the impeachment. But apart from all of that, it's early. But she has 60, 62% of the, uh, of the Democratic Party saying that they're in favor. Yeah. Bush doesn't have anywhere near that much. I mean, I think the Republican Party, there's going to be more Bush fatigue inside the Republican Party. Yeah. Um, than you might mm -hmm. suspect, because mm -hmm. George W. Bush left office with a lot of people on the right wing of the Republican Party really disliking him. Yes. Over and, the and have you noticed Jeb is already running away from now? Him. He's running to the yeah. right of his yes. brother. Yeah, which is odd. yeah. He was but, quoted as saying, "Don't you have a brother? Don't you have a dad?" Yeah. So he's trying to carve out that that he's his own man. But good luck with that. Well, that, and now <laughs> Mitt's running to the right of him if he runs. So it's it's right. yeah. But, but we're, not, we're here to talk about Hillary Clinton, aren't we? And Hillary's yes. not saying, "Don't you have a husband?" I mean, she's you know, yeah. she's proud of, of of her husband's record in the White House, and um, and I think proud of her own record. One thing I do want to just quickly add is mm. that it is interesting in two thousand and eight. I think of a really big mistake of the Clinton campaign was they didn't come forward, and I think nobody really knew how to handle this, and, and, and I think you will particularly appreciate this because a first lady is unelected and is unaccountable, and yet Hillary Clinton was so much a part of the behind the scenes uh, with the executive staff, uh, domestic legislation, working, you know, microloans. I mean, there was so much across the board, but she, she really, the, the, the campaign didn't really come out much. And, and make a record of her years as First Lady. And so a lot of the media did get away and say, well, what did you do as First Lady? Who cares? You know, First Lady, after health care, you didn't do anything. And it, it's... If she were going from being First Lady uh, to, um, to the presidency, then I think it would be um, more valid. Here, I think it's more secondary, because meanwhile, she was Secretary of State for four years, and she was United States Senator. 
And, and uh, so she has logged an awful lot of miles. But it's There's, all part it's, of that. Has yes, it's worth, it's worth examining so, so her, here's her records, First Lady, but, but not with as minute attention as, as it, because she's had these Absolutely. subsequent extremely Public and powerful roles. Yes, but yeah. they will use them. So Karl Rove's main insight is you go after your opponent's strengths, not their weaknesses. So he went after John Kerry's you know, war record, for instance. Right. So right. Hillary's strength is her great experience. She's probably the best prepared of any modern candidate for president. But you can already tell, and John McCain just said this uh, the other week, what did she do as Secretary of State? What did she accomplish? So they're going to go right after that resume mm -hmm. and say that she d didn't really put the points on the board, didn't really do anything uh, to change the country. I have to believe she's ready with that one. She, she will yeah. be ready for it, but it's yeah. tricky when you're working for a president, you know, for her to say what she mm -hmm. yes. accomplished as Secretary That's of State. Right. I mean, I traveled uh, to Central Asia with her when she was Secretary of State, and you could see in, in the appearances what she was accomplishing, which was an amazing connection with women all over the world and raising the status stature of the United States in the eyes of the world after a disastrous administration. But those are kind of intangible. You know? Yeah, but they're significant. But they're she significant, was, but on she a was, campaign She trail, was the best uh, public diplomat we've had probably since George Marshall. But here I think there was a missed opportunity, and the missed opportunity was her book. And if she'd written a book mm -hmm. which was much more pointed, here are, the, here, are the, here are the events that mattered. Here was Osama bin Laden. Here was Syria. And told it with a little bit more drama, then I think mm -hmm. what you're saying, Cotty, would have been more apparent. Yeah. We wouldn't have been bogged down so much. And I mean, I, the book's fine. I'm not saying it's, it's not. It's but a it could serious have been, book. It could have been sharper. It's not a page it turner. Have, it's not a page turner. I think that if, if in some ways, a more of looking toward a campaign, mm -hmm. I'm going I'm to say something that may sound blasphemous, but the best book like this Mm -hmm. was written by Richard Nixon, hmm. called Six, Six Crises. Crises. Six Crises, yeah. Before that. And, you know, you got a sense of a man in yeah. battle. You got, if anything yes. ennobled Richard Nixon in those years, it was that book. And I think, you know, Hillary could have written something like that, which might have, you know, been more effective. So let's fast forward to the White House. Uh, Hillary Clinton uh, is in the White House now. And uh, what sort of, uh, so let's, start, let's start with her, um, relationship with the Hill, which, which of course has, has been um, one of the most um, disappointing aspects of the Obama years was, was not, not uh, through his own fault, but the, um, the deadlock between, between Congress and the White House. Can we expect Hillary to do better than, uh, than Obama? I've, I say I vote for perhaps her greatest strength, um, both because of the experience she had in that second Clinton administration working with opponents and passing a lot of domestic legislation and uh, her full term in the Senate, which from the get-go, she reached out across the aisle. Yeah, so she's one of them and, and had a pretty successful time there. John? There are just too many moving parts. It's very hard to know, you know what uh, the composition of the Congress will be. Uh, in 2017, you know, will the Democrats get control again of the Senate, for instance? That's an open question. Mm -hmm. The House is kind of locked in for maybe 10 years to Republican control because of gerrymandering, and those guys are pretty immune to Hillary Clinton's charms. Um, she was, um, you know, popular in private mm -hmm. uh, uh, with Republicans, but then they'd go home and bash her to their conservative constituents. Uh, so it's a little hard. I mean, she wants people to think that, that she's an LBJ-type figure. But, you know, even LBJ, there's a new book by your colleague Julian Zelizer, uh, you know, um, he, he needed that big 1964 victory. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just yeah. his skills. Uh, but, know, Sean, doesn't senator. she enjoy <clears throat> sipping bourbon after hours? With uh, with the guys on the hill, more she's more than, like that. She's than, more she's more others. of a politician. Sure. But a lot of it depends on numbers. I mean, it's just yeah. going to be the case. I mean, a lot of it depends. Again, if you have a sixty-four type election, which I don't necessarily mm. think is going to happen, but if you get that kind of switchover, it's going to be different. We just don't know. Um, but 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 what I'm driving at is not uh, not her favorite uh, drink, but but the fact that well, that, that gets, she's more of a politician. Uh, Obama has, um, I would say, almost 
contempt for his chosen field. She is a political leader, right. and she knows how to do politics in a way that I think, well, the president ran as an anti-politician in some ways, as a post-partisan. He makes politician. no bones about that. Makes no bones about it, and that's the style of leadership we've seen. This goes back to temperament as well, though, I think because she has a political temperament. Right. She enjoys that kind of rubbing. And don't forget she spent 40 years with, with our generation's most brilliant politician. Well, there's that, but, don't, but as, as we were saying, but, she was sometimes calling the shots. So she has a sense of, 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 of how politics works. Mm -hmm. now, and she's learned a lot more about how politics works in the last 25 years. So, so I think in that respect, we'd have a different approach to government than we've seen in the last eight years. Um, and, 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 and it would be different. So the big question for me about Hillary in the White House is it goes to her judgment. And again, I think it's an open question. Um, but um, you know, unlike Sean, and I don't know what your positions were, um, I was for the Iraq War, um, as was Hillary Clinton, and we were both. I was with you. Terribly we're on wrong. the same side. You were with me as yeah. well terribly wrong. It was the worst call I made in my you know, career in punditry. I'm not sure she's quite come to terms with the fact that it was her worst call, too, that she was for that. Obama was nominated in part because he made the right call and was against it. So again... He didn't have to vote on that one. didn't have to vote on it, but his position so was it's, very clear. Yeah, it's, it's but it's not, easier it's, to... If he had been in the Senate, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have voted for that war. Um, his position was crystal clear. And mm -hmm. so, um, again, in 2009, uh, when they had the big debate over escalation in Afghanistan and the military wanted a 10-year open-ended counterinsurgency commitment, which would have us now, you know, only halfway through uh, a commitment of 100,000-plus troops, Hillary was on the side of the 10-year open-ended commitment. And Biden was on the other side, and their relationship actually suffered some in that, that period. I think you can make the argument that she made the wrong call on that. On bin Laden, she didn't really take a strong position. And it's not at all clear if she had been president whether she would have gone for it, because it was a high-risk operation. And well, according to Leon Panetta's account, it was Leon Panetta who was the driver of that decision. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He, so, at least, his uh, position was clear. He was for it. But Hillary yeah. was very much kind of on the fence. She's a, she's a supremely uh, cautious person. There's no question about that. The military really like her. Mm -hmm. they, they have, um, she's their girl. Um, they, I've had the opportunity yeah. to, to observe this. It's true. And um, she gets along extremely well with the brass. Um, now, whether, whether um, she's also, as Sean pointed out, um, a person who is constantly uh, learning from her mistakes oh, yeah. and in constant development. Yeah. So she's not going to replay, um, I don't think, um, the, the, uh, the Iraq war decision. Um, if, God forbid, we have another such vote. And remember, uh, you know, you and a lot of people who supported it, including mm. Hillary Clinton, were doing it based on false, like strong yeah. false information. Yeah, I wish I thought yeah. that was a more comforting excuse. You know, because there, there were a lot of people who got well, the call right. And, and the same thing applies to her uh, choosing people, um, which is one of the most important jobs that a president has. Again. It's an open question. I'm not saying she would do a bad job of choosing people, but yeah. in the past, she sometimes has chosen people uh, for their loyalty rather than for their talent. Not always, but sometimes. Well, this has been That's a real her. this has been a real problem with the Obama yeah. administration. Is that there hasn't been a real reaching out to the best and the brightest. He he pretty much has the same people who he who he. Uh, uh, had on the Hill who got him elected. I, I, um, I think three or four people uh, basically run that, that White House. And I think that Hillary, who's been um, in some ways a victim of that closed shop as Secretary of State, um, I, w I, I can't imagine that she would repeat um, that formula for, for, um, for governing, keeping, keeping that small a group um, 
in power. No, it's not insular. I mean, the, the, the White House these days is pretty insular. Um, it's a small group. And, and they yeah. do need a, they do need at least one or two real brain. I mean, people they have been tried and true and you, you know, really they, whose judgment they they feel that they can trust. I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Every president needs sure. people around them they can trust. But you know, you make a lot of appointments, and you have a batting average in those those appointments. And we just don't know. I mean, she chose some really incompetent people to run her 2008 campaign, mm -hmm. for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, politics. But you're not saying well, necessarily. Yeah. But, you know, and in the in the actually, her record of choosing people was much better at the State Department. She had some mm -hmm. very high quality right. people. Uh, around her there, who she did not choose on the basis of uh, of loyalty, although there was still an inner circle that was some loyal. going back to yeah. the White well, House. <coughs> we're, you know, there's so much more uh, for us to um, cover, but um, but but we did promise our very patient audience that we would uh, take some questions. So. Um, if you have a question, uh, we um, please ask a question. Um, I'm sure you have great speeches to deliver, but let's not deliver them tonight. Um, and, and please identify yourself. And we have two mics. Um, My name is, is so, uh, sir. Ray Tillman, could you be as specific as possible and identify the differences between Hillary and Bill with regard to first political beliefs? and second, administrative capability. Mm. Who would like a shot at that? Beliefs and... Beliefs. Uh, I, would uh, just, I would just say in general that I, 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 at least during the White House years, I always thought of Hillary Clinton as extremely uh, uh, focused uh, in terms of, of, of domestic, at least, domestic initiatives, certainly um, with health care and, of course, that priority shifted be, because uh, uh, you know the, her husband and his staff made that decision that and they essentially abandoned. But but administratively, I I I would have to say I, I probably give her uh, an A, maybe where I give him a B. More disciplined, oh, more analytical than her husband. I yeah. would say not as intuitive. That that's that's exactly Executive right in ability. terms of their but in terms of their positions on issues and when to compromise, which is always a big thing mm. in politics. You know, the reason I would definitely not give her an A is that uh, there were moments in, in the Clinton White House when they could have compromised on health care and gotten a bill through, and Hillary insisted that her husband not compromise, and so they got no bill. And so there were moments she did not handle that process right. Yeah. It was too okay. secretive. And she didn't compromise. That was her but, signal failure. Uh, the health care. Um, but but the and, the the and they David the support from the yeah. But the analytical quality is really important. I, I think she shares Bill Clinton's pragmatic mm. streak. I think mm. they're very close in terms of the way they see public policy issues, and they've had this mind meld. It's part of the secret of why they're still married is that they really connect on policy. And so that, but not you know, only on policy. But I, that's a that's a yeah. that's a potent mm -hmm. thing. Well, they've described this this quality yeah. of that they've been having this conversation, you know, yes. for for yeah. forty years on, no, on issues. Yeah. They, I, I they go say, home yeah. where you and I might talk about, you know, what do we see on Mad Men? You know, they're talking about <laughs> like public policy issues, yeah. and they're really connected on those, and 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 you know, they they develop great insights that are not really very different ideologically from one another. So I think the answer to your question is that they're very close on the issues, even though they drill down into problems in a different way. Different temperaments. Can I add one Let's, quick thing to that? We, we've, got, we've got so many All people, right. so let's go. go. Yes, sir. Uh, Rick Reese, um, I'm really hoping 70 is the new 50, but it's not. And no one up here has talked about health, stamina, age, and whether one should be seeking the most demanding office in the world at a certain time in their life, and I'd be interested in your views. Well, I, I mean, I think, and Jonathan knows this certainly with looking at Franklin Roosevelt. I mean, you know, um, you know, to a certain degree, you you know, you get up there, you you know that your health is going to deteriorate. I mean, uh, it's hard to predict. I mean, um, Eisenhower had his greatest health problems in his first term and went on to serve a second term. There's no evidence that his age and his health problems were a detriment. Uh, Ronald Reagan, in his first term, uh, the oldest elected president in his first term, 
uh, evidenced, uh, you know, no problems. It was it was more apparent to many in the second term. So, you know, I think it's an individual thing rather than making a judgment per se on a numerical age. I actually think it's going to be a big issue uh, because Americans are very un unsentimental when it comes to presidential health, and if she has any kind of a of a mishap. I mean, Bill Bradley's campaign against Al Gore in the 2000 primaries was seriously hurt by him having a little heart issue in Iowa. And so were she to have another health scare like she had, uh, could be very detrimental. I can't imagine that she would run if she had. No, I'm saying, but if something yeah. came up in, yeah, if, in the middle yeah. of the I don't yeah. think it would be a prima facie a problem, but if something came up, of if course. Yeah. Something came but up. That it would be about happen. Reagan's age if she's elected. Yeah, that could happen to it. Any of us, anytime. Yes. Hi, I'm Sabrina, and I was wondering if, hypothetically, if Hillary Clinton ever caused a scandal, not that she would, would it affect her differently because she's a woman? I'm sorry, I didn't get that. If Hillary would ever cause a scandal. Would it affect her differently or drastically? Would it, would it affect her differently than, than it would affect oh. a man? No. Because oh. <laughs> of our society and how we. Um, you mean a personal scandal? Like yeah. The, uh, you know what, that, the that, is, that, that is, so I think, so uh, beyond the, the realm of the, this is. This it's a is, great question. I yeah, mean, it depends yeah. on what the scandal is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know I'm, how Clinton but, said it, it, it depends on the mean, what the mean definition mean, of is, 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 is. But to be serious, I think, uh, you know, she's, she's such a disciplined person. And it, you know she's she's lived for 67 years without a personal uh, peccadillo that that I'm aware of. So I, I, would just I, cert I certainly don't think at this at this stage when when she's basking in being a grandmother uh, that that. But, but financial to... scandal that Carl raised earlier, that, you know, that could happen, and and the Clintons did have a fairly scandal-prone you know administration. Compared to the Obama presidency, there were things coming up all the time, fundraising issues and Lincoln bedroom issues and, and so forth that did not relate to you know, sex, that were just financially related scandals, if you could call them that. And it's a really intriguing question whether uh, the face that she would present to the public if she was in a defensive mode, uh, if there was a scandal. And of course, the White House press corps is always looking for scandal, it's hard to imagine that she would go through eight years with no scandals. So again, it's one of the fascinating things about this is that we just, nobody can know the answer to your That's question right. because we've never had a woman president. Yeah, I mean, it's a gendered question generally, but we don't know yet. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, hello, my name is Reba Shemansky, and I read your, Hillary's book, Hard Choices, where you're mentioned in the book, and she considered you and her husband a good friends. Therefore, Wait, which, which of us? Uh, uh, Miss Martin. No. And I'd like to know, as a good friend, could you share with us some anecdotes of personal qualities <laughs> about Hillary that we, in the, in the mainstream, Amer yeah. as a mainstream American, we would not know and would surprise us? Well, she's a very warm person. I mean, you, you forced me to, to reveal my biases here, but, but she is... Uh, She's she. I I I I would like her to uh, exhibit more of that personal warmth she uh, that she um, exhibited toward me when when um, my husband was very sick, and I think she she knows how to be um, a friend. Um, there's absolutely no no calculation in her warm in her continued warmth towards me. Um, it's all about um, uh, her human qualities. She's, she sat beside me in the hospital when we weren't sure that Richard was going to make it and just sat there and held my hand and didn't, we didn't uh, exchange any words because it wasn't necessary. So that to me was, um, was a very strong indicator of the, of the person. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Um, Jim Pasinich, uh, you mentioned how Hillary took over Bill's campaign and was in charge. Uh, if she runs, would we see Bill Clinton having that same ability to take over, and why was it missing in 08? 
who wants to do that. He tried to take over a little bit, and they had to bar him from the campaign headquarters. His, <laughs> his instincts were, were rusty, and he was saying things like, you know, comparing Obama to Jesse Jackson in South Carolina that were not helpful to the campaign. And he's way beyond that kind of nuts and bolts of managing a campaign, but he would still, he's so involved and he's so smart about politics that he would still be involved at some level and the way she manages his involvement will be very interesting to watch because obviously he has a lot to contribute but within certain parameters. I, figuring out what those yeah. parameters are will be one of the great games of, uh, of 2016. You know, you know, one of the great roles, and this is again something uh, Kadi I think is very familiar with too, with first ladies have played, spouses, is trying out the big speech, the State of the Union, the acceptance speech, the farewell speech, because sometimes uh, the spouse who's, who's not leading the country um, has a little bit more of an ear for what they hear out on the street and the way people are going to react. And I think that that is now, interestingly, more of a role that Bill Clinton will play for her and that she would, she would probably run by a lot of her major speeches by him first. And, and he would perhaps, as many first ladies, including Mamie Eisenhower did, said, don't say it that way, say it this yeah. way. The good, the good ones always weighed in, the good first ladies, and perhaps now we'll have yeah. a first gentleman. Um, can we take uh, uh, we, we any are, more? Uh, we one are, last question? We are, we are we had somebody finished. in there. Oh. oh, okay. Yes. Well, Hadi <laughs> Martin, Carstar Anthony, Jonathan Walter, Sean Valens, thank you so much.